Sheila, how are you today? I'm great, Wayne. How are you today? I think I'm good. I'm, Excellent. I'm going to let Skype tell me if I'm good because I've had a couple of issues with Skype so far, but I see nothing going wrong now, so I think we are good. Let's <laughs> jump into our conversation today. Okay. And welcome, everyone, to 27 Minutes with Sheila and Wayne, where we talk about skills that have been learned, forgotten, misused, and or totally abandoned as we are attempting to change the world one verb at a time. <laughs> and Sheila, what is our verb for today? Today we are analyzing the verb analyze. Analyze. Yes. So wow. the, the definition I came up with is to examine methodically and in detail the constitution or structure of something typically for purposes of interpretation or decision-making. How about that? Because I, I have almost the exact same thing, but it's, mine was typically for purposes of explanation and interpretation. Oh, interesting. Well, I will say that I said, or decision-making on my own, I added that to the definition, so. Well, how cool is it? There so we you go. Looked up your, so you looked up your own just. I made, up, there. I made up my own definition. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and, and I went one further. It also says um, the purpose of students talk is not to stimulate activities in context of use, but to investigate, explore, and analyze content. And then there was another one that just okay. kind of said situational. And I said, oh, so I thought about those and I, I said, this is going to be an interesting 27 minutes today, and I am ready to go. Are you ready to go? I am. I just wanted to throw one little fun fact in first, and then yes. it's and then and it's on you. Um, so the British spelling of analyze is A-N-A-L-Y-S-E, and the American English version is A-N-A-L-Y-Z-E. -E. So yes. -E. there you go. So Zeke got involved in this yes. spelling. <laughs> he gets involved in everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Sheila, where can our listeners find you if they're looking for you? Well, coincidentally, my website is zekeandsheila.com, and you can connect with my email there as well. And my email address is wayne at mindsinking.com, and my website is mindsinking.com. That's M-I-N-D-S-Y-N-C-I-N-G. Dot com and wow, go there, join our conversation. Yes, and let us hear from you. Let's hear from the verbs that you wanted to talk to or talk about. And as a matter of fact, um, my friend, friend from Germany, Petra, Petra has given us some comments about um, the last couple. So I will, I will intersperse some of the context today with some of her comments. So that's Great. pretty cool. Thank yes. you. Yes, indeed. So thanks to Petra. <laughs> From Germany, Deutschland. Yes. Yay, yes. Thank you. Okay. So as we're examining methodically and in detail the constitution or structure of something, especially information, I found my first thought, and, and tell me if you kind of went down this path as well, my first thought was to consider the context of a statement made by someone. So it was more like mm. analyzing a speech or analyzing a presentation or analyzing some some form of that as opposed to something else. 
Um, was that your first thought or what? Were your that first was not. I, I had come up with different types of things that we analyze, but they were more static, not so much communication oriented. They were like analyzing sentence structures or data or analyzing handwriting or, or sporty, sports statistics. So I'm eager to hear about what you've come up with. Well, you know what? As as a matter of fact, I kind of went down the path that you also suggested. My, as I said, my first thought was analyzing a speech or analyzing a presentation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I got into the definition and did some research, I said, "Ooh, I'm going to go down this path because," um, and I hope I didn't steal your thunder here, but I did read an article that was um, issued in on the 27th of September in 2018 by PhD Cockrell. And she says in Psychology Today that we make an eye-popping 35,000 choices or analyzings or analysis, what was mm-hmm. that, decisions a day. Mm-hmm. And that's roughly wow. 2,000 decisions an hour or one decision every two seconds. Wow. Well, it's interesting that you went down that path because I went directly to analysis paralysis, which has a lot to do with that same topic. And essentially, analysis paralysis is an inability to make a decision due to overthinking a problem or getting too much data. Interesting. Yes. So they, they fit together like hand in glove. And this is particularly a problem for people with ADHD or anxiety disorders. And I found a new uh, a new word in just in researching this, and that is satisfying, satisfying, not satisfying, satisfying, satisfying. And yes, that I've is that, I've heard you've that heard before. that. I had never heard that before. So I'm going to tell you the definition I found, and you tell me if that's your understanding of it as well. Um, it's choosing, so once you've just determined the the standards for your decision, choosing the first option you've evaluated as reasonable, reasonable enough to choose and then stopping researching. Yes. <laughs> it, it, Great. My, my, my definition was not exactly what you just said, okay. but it was that much like, and I used to come up with the example of if I, if I have a question or if I have a thought or decision to make, I want to see maybe five or five to 10 choices. Mm-hmm. If I find a choice that I like within three of those five to 10, I mm-hmm. don't need to see the rest. Okay. So I was satisfied. So I was satisfying yeah. in that way. Um, yeah. I, and I knew, I know people and I've worked with people who want to see all 10 of those choices mm-hmm. and, then I've also worked with other people who want to see that 10 and then they want to find another 15. Yeah. So <laughs> does the word perfectionism sometimes go hand in hand with that personality type? I, I, I think so. Or, yeah. or, or, or something else. I'm not sure. But. Well, and that's what helps lead to analysis paralysis. That's exactly right. And, and it's, it's funny that you say analysis paralysis. Okay. Because I am a board gamer. Yes, um, you are. Big and time. I play, I play, yes, big time. And I play those Euro designer board games, strategy games, mm-hmm. um, where, in, and I have five rules for that. And I know we're getting off topic, so no, I'll try okay. to make this quick. Okay. I have, I have five rules for playing games, um, board games, particularly. The first one is it has to be fun. The second one, it has to be complex where there's, you know, you want to do five or six things, but you can only do one. So you have to make a decision. Mm. Um, 
and, and I'll let the other three rules go, but it, it gets down to in the board gaming world, they talk about analysis paralysis and they say if you play some of these board games, AP or analysis paralysis comes into play and it really bogs the game down because there's so much okay. downtime. Okay, yeah, I've seen that uh, in people. Um, and as just another little fun fact here is when you Google the term analysis paralysis, there are 1,330,000 resources offered to handle this. I suspect this is a common problem with people. <laughs> and it certainly is, it bodes totally against everything that I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jump because, on in. Okay. Because as, as I look at at the word analyze, mm -hmm. um, one, of the, one of the questions that I came up with was, or not questions, but one of the thought processes I had was as you are typically for the purpose of expl explanation and interpretation, that bodes to communicating that information. You know, mm -hmm. you've got to communicate that. So if, if you have one individual, whether it's the boss, the CEO, the team leader, or just a team member or a significant other, whether it's a personal or private setting, um, that one person probably already has a thought process. They probably already analyzed the situation and they're just trying to get some feedback. But if they don't communicate that information correctly, you're going to have a whole different thought process. That's and true. And it may go down a wrong path. And I say, who are we communicating that information to? Are we communicating it to ourselves? Are we doing it to the team? Are we communicating to a boss? Are we communicating it to a significant other? And as we do that communication process, time is of the essence depending on who and what the situation really dictates. And some of my examples were, think of an athlete. Mm -hmm. If there's going to be analysis paralysis and you're in a boxing ring, you're going to lose. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, yes. and and a good quote that goes along with that is, better a good decision quickly than the best decision too late. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So I, I and, and I got intrigued with that path that I went down. So mm -hmm. I, I continued on that. How about you? Where did you go so far? You know, um, we'll we'll have to come back to this because shortly after looking at analysis paralysis, I took a real left turn or right turn, whatever, um, going in an entirely different direction. And that is looking at the role of artificial, excuse me, artificial intelligence and analysis. And that led to artificial intelligence versus human intelligence. Huh. AI versus human input. Okay. Right, right. And, and what did you come up with? Well, um, first of all, artificial intelligence has really great adaptations for training people, you know, our, um, um, online trainings, um, the predictive ability of artificial intelligence is better than human intelligence. And in fact, to train people to make better predictions, they train them to think like simple algorithms. So they're teaching people to behave more like artificial intelligence. However, ultimately, 
AI can make decisions faster, but humans can learn and apply new information which, with logic and understanding so they have a more complex still decision making. And no matter how good your model is for in terms of artificial intelligence, they're still only as good as the data that you input. So right now, AI is best at automation, but human intelligence right now still has the edge. And, and isn't that because, as you just said, it's the data that you input. So a human being has to input that data mm -hmm. and that data is collected in a, okay, in ones and zero space, in, in data space. Mm -hmm. And then that data can be, I'm not going to say manipulated, but I'm going to say it's certainly, you can hit a interpreted, button and yeah. interpreted much more quickly because the ones and zeros are really, they're going at nanosecond yes. speed, correct? Yes. 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 And that's the same thing that we do as humans, because looking again at, at Dr. What the Cockroft's article, she says we're making about one decision yes. every two seconds. So we have all these inputs. And then I go back to the communication. Um, who are we communicate, communicating that information to? to are we yes. doing it for ourselves? So again, let's go back to, let me go back to the athlete, to the, to the Olympics. And let's look and let's look at the snowboarders as they're doing the snowboarding competition, because we've seen a lot of them jump, you know, uh, as they say, drop off into the pipe and mm -hmm. or into the pipe. And as they're coming up to do their their 1060s, 1080s or uh, please forgive me, I, I don't know exactly what those rotations, okay. what those numbers are. But I, I know that's like, you know, three or four revolutions. Um, mm -hmm. But as they're jumping into the pipe to do that and as they're coming up to engage the the edge so they can thrust themselves up in the air they already know if they're going to miss it or not and so they either just slough it off and just do a, a half turn and come down and you hear the commentators go oh he missed it or <laughs> she missed it it's because they've already done those that analysis going up and they mm -hmm. already can feel it so mm -hmm. they're they're having all kinds of inputs the feel the speed the and and just if it's not right they already know I'm going to miss this and this could be really bad. So either I, I fall out of this jump or I go into it and see if I can push myself. But they, they already know, as you said, suggested before, um, because they have planned it or they have practiced it or whatnot, mm -hmm. um, they know immediately that it's not going to work. And we're sitting there looking on, you know, on the edge of our seats. Oh, is she going to make it? Is she going to make it? And yeah. oh, no, she didn't make it. So it's it's very that's interesting what you just said. It really is. I like that. I like that. Okay. Okay. Um, and so another question that I had, as I said, who is this information communicating to? Mm -hmm. I go, then how is that message or communication received? And so again, how do, how is it received to self, to team, to boss, to the significant other? And we don't know unless we wait and find out from them what that is, because we can't assume that, the, here we go, mm -hmm. well, which restaurant do you want to go to or which restaurant do you want to go to? <laughs> I don't care. You decide. <laughs> exactly. And, and then there's some analysis that's going on or, or other decisions that we have to make, correct? Because we're thinking, well, do I want, do I want steak? Do I want, mm -hmm. you know, fish? Do I want beef? Or does she like, or does he like? Right. And, it's a ping pong game, I think. 
<laughs> it is, especially when part of the analysis is trying to make the decision or read the mind of the other person. Well, he hasn't had tacos in a while. He's always gone to my favorite restaurant in a while. So maybe I need to say tacos so that he'll have the one he wants, you know. Ah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I do suffer from analysis paralysis. I, I And I think we all do. And again, going back to analyze and looking at this in a professional setting and yes. a personal setting, time is of the essence. It really is because if if we look at the if we look at this this other question I came up with, what do we do with the information and how quickly do we implement it? Because if we look at a editor who's trying to make deadline, he or she is really putting the onus on the individuals who are writing the articles for the paper or for the newsprint or for the news feed. And they're saying, come on, you know, mm -hmm. we've got three minutes, get this done. And you, you can't have a person who's going to be AP prone or analysis paralysis right. prone sitting right. back there trying to do that. Right. Right. I like that What's, AP prone. Well, again, that's, that's a gaming term oh. <laughs> that, that, that is used in, in, um, this, or in defining or talking about describing games, where it's AP prone, it's analysis paralysis prone, because right. again, depending on the complexity of the skill set or the game or the whatever it is, the, the program, the project, the, the athletic event, depending on that complexity, AP prone does not bode well when you need it timely, much like the Super G, right? The, the Super G. Downhill? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Olympic yes, yes, skiing, yes. Super G? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. See, Forgive me for I'm a sorry. I didn't communicate that very well. Let me back up. <laughs> Just like the athletes in the Super G, we go. <laughs> the downhill, <laughs> they can't be AP prone. They've got to make decisions. And as I'm listening to some of the commentators talk, um, and like figure skating, because yes. my wife is, my wife is, she used to compete in figure skating. Oh. They're already, they're already past that one jump, they're thinking three mm -hmm. gates, four mm -hmm. gates, three jumps ahead mm -hmm. as I'm coming out of this jump, a toe loop or whatever, and I'm on, I'm on this edge of my skate because she taught me about edges of skates. I didn't know skates had edges mm -hmm. <laughs> and okay. inside and outside and, and all those kind of things. And she said, well, you have to be on the outside edge to do this. You have to be on the inside edge to do this. And, and I'm thinking, wow, really? And, and so as we're talking again about AP prone, you can't be thinking about the one that's right, that you're doing right now. You've got to be thinking about how you're coming out of that jump, yes. how you're coming out of that turn and engaging the next, um, the next gate, if you will. Again, going back down to Solomon or Super G, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you've got to no negotiate that within your head three or four gates apart. And it's, it's like, wow. And it's, we're talking, again, nanoseconds because they're at great speeds coming down those slopes, aren't they? Yes, very fast. And bobsledders. Very fast. Bo <laughs> you know, bobsledding, luge, skeleton, again, these are all, and they're making these decisions very, very fast. I'm sure they're probably making it more quickly than what Dr. Krakow says the average person does. So mm -hmm. I that that really interested me. It really did. I, I thought that was quite interesting listening or thinking about that. How about you? What what do you have next? Because I don't want to 
I don't want to monopolize this whole thing here. Well, there was just one other thing I started thinking about with this in the, in looking at artificial intelligence versus human intelligence, I ran into a term on a website called the world economic forum um, about how we are possibly in the fourth industrial revolution phase. So the first one was using water and steam to power machinery. The second one was using electric power to create mass production. The third was electronics and information technology to automate production. But the fourth, they're saying, is the digital revolution fusing technologies and blurring the lines between physical, digital, and biological spheres evolving at an exponential speed. So they're talking about genetic discoveries, self-driving cars, 3D printing, biological weapons, um, ordering a Starbucks remotely. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, drones. Um, and they said, and so so really just a summary of the challenge of this fourth re- industrial revolution would be making sure that we keep the humanity and the values of connecting um, in the formula, in in the work that we do. And so that goes back a little bit to what you were saying too, in terms of whom are you communicating to and how is that communication going? So I thought that was a nice tie-in. It is a great tie-in. And as you were talking about that, I was looking again at my my question, what do we do with that information? Yes. And, I'm try- and I'm trying to think about the fourth generation um, industrial, rev- industrial revolution that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. the fourth generation of that, how would that compare to what first responders do? Mm. So so are we going to have an AI that's going to do first responding decisions for us um, in the future? Or is, is that only going to be still closely held by humans? I, because think of it, first responders, let's think of firemen going to a fire, fighting a fire. Let's mm-hmm. think of of, of medical individuals going to a mass mass casualty mm-hmm. event such mm-hmm. like a hurricane, a hurricane or a, a earthquake mm-hmm. and they've got to do triage and mm-hmm. you know what triage is correct yes absolutely okay so I, I wonder how that would impact first responders in those responses as well as police and flight attendants um, all, right. all of the above. Uh, that's that is quite interesting. I like that. So well, and you know what I was thinking of as you were talking about first responders is the age-old question: Is medicine an art or a science? Uh oh. I mean, it's both. <laughs> it's both, right? I I I want to think it's both, um, because the science is. Cha- I think the science is changing all the time. I do too, but I want that. I want that human intuition involved in the decision making too. From experience, an experienced doctor who says, you know, I know that everything points in this direction, but, you know, I have faith that the person can overcome this. <laughs> There's something about my gut that tells me this is the way to go. <laughs> and and you've just entered into the, the muddy water. Mm-hmm. When does science and gut, when do they cross paths and when are they acceptable to be on the same plate. Right. Because if right. the science says, if if this, then that, those if-then statements, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, that we had, mm-hmm. yep. 
And if the gut comes in and says, but wait, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's and and I think the gut is always going to be the human element. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an IT person. So mm-hmm. I, I'm really speaking on a unsure um, uneducation no basis here. Mm-hmm. But does IT does does AI have a gut feel that's that's been encoded in it? I don't know the answer. I to don't that. know the answer to that either. But I'd like to think that we humans are always going to be necessary, and and, and AI isn't going to take over everything. Yeah, I I mean think of fighter pilots, um, because right now the fighter pilots are still in the cockpit. If right. we take the if we take the fighter pilot out of that cockpit because the machine can you can do more things, take on more G's, more stresses than a human. And right. if if the inputs are there and the machine can do it much more quickly than what a human being can go through those processes and also the the physicality of those maneuvers, um, when does the when does the man, the woman come out of the cockpit and it's just a as you said before a drone just doing these kinds of things interesting stuff interesting stuff and ever-changing answers i think i yes and depending on the person the answers uh it, it could, i'm sure it, we could have a very um what kind of debate thing what what kind of debates are those? Not not shouting matches, but a <laughs> <laughs> heated discussions, <laughs> ethical spirit, differences. I, I think they, I think it's called a spirited discussion. Yes, yes, I think yeah. we have some spirited yeah. discussions on on some of these topics. <laughs> well, I think ethics has to be involved in these now because you can't. There was a, a fella, and now we're getting way off of an analysis, but a Chinese scientist a couple of years ago um, did some genetic changes in newborns or maybe in utero thinking that he was going to be um, protecting them from a certain disease, but not recognizing that one change can have a cascading effect in other areas as well. So the ethics wasn't exactly present in the decision that he made. <laughs> I agree. Weren't <laughs> present, yeah. Are, are we still talking about analyze? <laughs> well, I, I need you to bring us back to the subject because this is where my head went with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> and mine as well. So, okay. So what can we do to help ourselves make good decisions to optimize our position when we find ourselves in need? So as we're finding ourselves in need of analysis, analyzing something, how do we, how do we help ourselves? You know, ironically, one of the things I read as I was looking at those 1,330,000 resources, I didn't quite read all of them, but one thing that quickly became a common denominator in the in those that I did check out was it really helps to talk it out with someone. It's I'm glad you said that. Because I have I have a list one, two, three, four, five. I have six things here that I came mm-hmm. up with. Mm-hmm. Time can be significant. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about that. We should plan for it, do the what-if sessions, if mm. you will, mm-hmm. and we can plan for contingencies because if you go through mm-hmm. the what-ifs, you'll have contingencies and practice those things um, mm-hmm. so so that it becomes just like muscle memory because, mm-hmm. again, going to, going to athletes, the golf course, yes. you hear the commentators talking about the golfer who's 
behind the tree, in the slush, you know, the, 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 the deep rough. And they mm -hmm. say, oh, they've made this shot thousands of times on the practice fields. Mm -hmm. And so you got to practice that. And then with that comes lessons learned. And we mm -hmm. have to remember those lessons learned. And my last thing is, as you just said, talking to a group, a diverse thought leader group to talk mm -hmm. about these things. Mm -hmm. And also having a diverse team can help us optimize those. I did read that also. Okay. Well, and I'm looking at the clock and we are at 2734. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, if you have any other questions about anal analysis or analyzing, please um, post them on for, on either of our websites or email, touch base their email. And, um, you know, I'd like to end on this this line because we always say it comes down to relationships and verbs. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.